1: Hi, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, how are you?
1: I'm okay, how are you?
0: Well... It's a loaded question, isn't it? I've had a thing or two happen in the last week or five, seven, eight weeks.
1: Why don't you let everybody know?
0: Um, Well, let's see. I lost my father in end of January and actually both parents got sick kind of together in December. I lost my father in January, and then I just lost my mother last Friday, May 8th. And um, it is weird and hard. And, um, excuse me for my language, a mind fuck. I'm just gonna say it, it kinda is. Yeah. Loss, I have not, know, I don't know loss. Um, I haven't lost anything. I've never even had a pet to lose. So, this is a double whammy and it's really kicking my ass.
1: But you're doing incredibly well through it all. I don't know. I Am think I? You are. I think, well, really? I think having your mother being ill at the time that your father passed uh, helped you with your grieving of your father or maybe lack of it. And then over the past few months, uh, since we've been in quarantine and sequestered. Uh, We haven't been able to see your mother, which has been difficult, but at the same time has allowed us to, uh, you know, keep some distance. And um, I I think it's probably also helped. And now here we are confronted with uh, her passing.
0: I feel. Oh, and there's a pandemic, which I tend to forget because I've been so busy, you know, and freaking out with my own stuff for so long that I forget sometimes that. We are collectively experiencing sort of a loss, in a way. Um, if not real losses, if not people we know that are getting sick and maybe dying, uh, just loss of normal life as we know it, um, freedom, I guess, uh, loss of connection and human interaction and love and touch and you know all those things that people are they're they've lost. I mean temporarily, but. It's, um, uh, wow, it's kind of a mind blower for everybody right now.
1: Yeah, and it is everybody. Uh, You're not the only one going through this. And I think that's what has caused us to confront this and not shy away from this as being subject matter for the show. Because you are going through it. We believe that there's many thousands of people that are experiencing similar things of loss. And so they can relate. And I think it's an important uh, topic to address, and I think we have a perfect guest yeah, for that I, as well
0: today. I think also, um, it loss brings up a lot of other things. Wow, it really triggers some stuff. It brings up, it dredges up, you, mm, you know, it's... Um, and and you know I'm going to I'm always a silver lining person as you know and I am going to try to get out of this funk which is normal I mean it's you know I'm sad I'm I've a mix of, um, of emotions but I'm going to see it as a an opportunity to learn I don't know what the lesson is it better be good because man have I gotten some crazy karmic cosmic lesson in the last few months so yeah even even the pandemic is teaching us lessons about it's well it's testing us it's testing us it's challenging us you know what are we made of um how strong are we how how really resilient are we can we, can we get through this together? Can we survive the isolation? Just that alone, you know, wow. So there there are golden moments in all of this for everybody. I think to, there are takeaways. That's all, That's what I'm, I think well, I'm saying. You,
1: one of my favorite sayings is that we are never given anything that we really can't handle. And that is something that I think that is being proven right now. And uh, we're handling it. And I think it's very important. We can, yeah. we can take it I on.
0: Th- I kind of feel like we've had you and I have been having our own little mini pandemic just how so m- because of our little microcosm you know tragedy crisis trauma whatever you want to call it within the bigger you know crisis
1: yeah. it, it puts everything but in perspective
0: but yeah oh boy does it but I'll tell you um, it's I know what, what's the other saying God doesn't give what uh, the more than you can handle whatever doesn't ki- yeah Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Or something like that. Yes. Is that it? Yeah. Well, that sucks because, you know, who wants to be? This is. I, don't know. I mean, it, it, listen. Hard lessons are hard lessons, but. Yes. All right. Enough with the hard lessons. That's what I'm saying.
1: Well, let's uh, talk about our guest today. Who's going? I'm to I'm so glad this worked out light.
0: this way. You know, there are no accidents. Maybe. Um, not. Okay. So. I don't know how I came across Gay and Katie Hendricks. They were one of our first guests. I think you're one, right? hmm And they kind of have carved a little niche for themselves in the world of fear and self-sabotage and self-limiting beliefs and negative thinking and all my favorites. Yes.
1: Get <laughs> your top 10 hits right there. I
0: love those. And um, they've been good friends and friends of the show. And I reached back out to them, and I don't know why, but I did. I thought, you know, I feel like now's the time to have them come back on. And so we've got Katie with us today, which is sort of cool because um, in light of what, you know, my personal stuff I'm going through, I think that she's going to be able to shed a lot of light on also the bigger picture at hand.
1: Let's bring her on. Okay, I'm going to okay, read. So okay,
0: Go ahead. Kathleen. Kathleen Hendricks is an evolutionary catalyst and freelance mentor who has been a pioneer in the field of body intelligence and conscious loving for 50 years. Dr. Hendricks is the co-author of 12 books, including the best-selling Conscious Loving at the Speed of Life and Conscious Loving Ever After, How to Create Thriving Relationship at Midlife and Beyond. She specializes in translating concepts such as commitment into directly felt experiences that lead to new choices and creative engagement. Her unique coaching and leadership programs have generated hundreds of body intelligence and relationship coaches in the U.S. and Europe. She's currently joining with her leadership community through the Foundation for Conscious Living to create the Big Leap Online programs. These online videos are designed to support people in coming home to presence, restoring resourcefulness, and creating caring communities. Welcome back. Katie Hendricks, returning champ. Hi, Katie. Camp. Thank you for being here. It, right. Hello. Thank Where's you. the applause? Where's, applause, yeah, applause, applause.
1: Applause. Here we go. I'm so sorry. On that.
2: Hi, Katie. How are it's you? It's a pleasure to be here with you. And I think there's there's one thing that I've already learned from the pandemic is that the next moment is completely unknown. That from day to day we really don't know what is going to happen, and although we have, we humans like to have the illusion that we have everything under control. We're really learning how little we really do actually control, and how to be with ourselves in that, uh, in the unknown is really one of the big uh, discoveries of this time. And
0: the hardest for people like me,
2: who. Well, hard for people who who really pride themselves in being able to organize and create and get things done and not let anything get in your way. Well, we've had this just this huge everything getting in our way here. Uh, so, uh, the who am I? Who are you? Without your familiar roles, and where do you find your value? And how do you connect? And especially when your structure, the structure of what your parents created for you, when that leaves, for me, the experience was that I'm now at the prow of the ship. There's nobody in front of me. So I'm at the prow of the ship and the ship is moving through life, but there's nobody that's going to protect me or tell me how it works. And so being like, I'm it. That's really an extraordinary experience. And I don't think it should be rushed through, Trevor. I think it's a really kind of luminous time where you really experience that the veil between life and death is extraordinarily thin. Yeah. And it's only when someone dies that you realize you've been kind of going along in this uh, illusion that you know life continues forever and everything is fine, but you realize that it can just in a second, and um, that I think gives us a profound opportunity to learn, but also to let ourselves be rewoven into the larger web of life where we realize that we can get support from watching the sunlight through the trees and that the the life of a flower can then really show us the cycles of life and death. And there's just so much uh, available to you right, time, right now that I really encourage you to let yourself be with what is arising. One of the big things that we learned from our experiences of death, particularly of parents, is that uh, feelings and grief comes in waves. And all you need to do is to ride the wave when it arises. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And it will come through. It doesn't mean that's going to be the last wave, but what I found on the heels of the wave of really letting myself experience the, the, the actual felt losing um, and the experience in my body, if I let myself experience that, what followed was expanded creativity. And it, I, I could feel that creativity moves through all of us all the time, but mostly we stop it and try to control it and we make some things wrong. But when you're in the wave of grief, and you're just on the wave, that wave leaves in you this openness to life and to what wants to be created through you. It's a it's a kind of polishing process, I have found that. Uh, and you're, you know, still really at the beginning of the wave. And so my sense is there are really all kinds of gifts for you, as well as the sadness and all of the other feelings of loss
0: it's um it's coming i mentioned earlier uh things are coming up and, and it's not traditional it's weird it's not kind of traditional sadness it's uh it's triggering fear there's some and i think the fear is connected to uh loss of control
2: that makes total sense, and, of course. Which that. is a,
0: a feeling I'm familiar with, and I work very hard at keeping control, which I have been working on since I was a little girl. Because yeah. in, in a lot of ways, I felt, because I'm an only child, uh, both parents were working, I'm a latchkey child. This is not kind of new to me, but in a way, it's test. it's really pushing those control buttons in me because I like to pride myself on having control at all times.
2: Yeah, I can handle it.
0: And I write. And I'm sorry, there is no control here for pretty much any of us. We can't really control, you know, who, come on, no one can control anything, really, at the end of the day.
2: Well, we have a, um, in our book, um, in several of our books, but in um, uh, Conscious Loving Ever After, we really, we talk about what we call sorting the two files. And it's a a practice that I use every day, especially since the pandemic. And what it has to do with is that each of us have two files. One is enormous, you know, could fill this room. And that file is called things I absolutely cannot control or influence. And we forget that we also have a, a small, but very important file that's called things I actually can control or influence. And when we confuse those two things, we spend all of our energy in things that we actually don't have any control over. And we ignore the file called things I can control or influence. So with with a death and a loss, you don't have any control over your feelings. But you can influence how you respond to your feelings arising right so you can express them you can share them with someone that you love you can do what we call modifying them and let yourself really oh, experience them you can express them so there are things that we can change or influence like in the pandemic all of the things that are going on, where do you want to put your attention? Well, what I do is I put my attention every day on something that I can actually influence. I can make a donation to uh, a particular kind of organization. I've been uh, supporting planting trees because what's gotten lost in the pandemic is part of what created the pandemic is our our negligence in the climate crisis. So your every day i find if i'm choosing things that i can influence that it gives me a sense of agency that i can choose i can make a difference i can influence but if i'm in the oh you know then i don't really use my own resourcefulness
0: uh i like that plan and i do i think I think even Robbie, and I, I. Robbie's probably one of the most steady, measured, level, doesn't have giants, giant, giant, mm highs and lows. <laughs> um, I try not to. But I think a sense of routine, keeping a little structure right now um, is really helpful because it, it'll, like you said, it gives you a sense of agency and it doesn't, I don't know, what. A, don't you feel like... Having your, the little, you know, the habits or the Absolutely. little ruti- routines that you have.
1: Maintain the routine as much as you can. Uh, this is not going to be our forever. This is going to be, it's a temporary thing, we hope. And uh, when we get out of it, those routines should be in place and nothing's going to be too drastic of a change during it or after it. So that's that's my thought. But obviously- well, what
2: I was hearing too, Trevor and Robbie, is that your your sense of control that you had as a child was in response to your not feeling the safety of a structure. And um, and then routines give us a sense of there is a structure, there is something that's holding me. I'm not just floating out in space with no anchor. And I sometimes I don't know if you all have seen the movie movie Gravity, but it's a, the image when she's just held by her her oxygen cord, she's floating out there. To me, was the most vivid image of of what we all feel at core is that I'm just out here in space all by myself, and. That sense of having connection with other people and connection with routines creates a sense of safety for us because the fear right now well, we've been in a really in a fear mongering uh, environment really since for sure since 9-11. so almost twenty years now there's been this. And uh, that that low level of chronic fear that most people experience all the time, so much that they're not aware of it, keeps people from actually being able to choose. Because there there are two main things that happen when you're in fear. One is that you can't think, because you lose your problem solving brain. You go back into your reptilian brain, you know, where everything is about territory and safety and who's in control, and you also, in fear, other people become the enemy. Mm -hmm. We other people, because that gives us some sense of control, and it goes way, way back in our wiring. So dealing with fear is really wrapped around everything that's going on right now, because when we're in fear, we're not able to connect either with ourselves or with others. And so dealing with fear, befriending fear, what I call befriending fear, because we can't conquer it. We got to really turn toward it and befriend it. And then that liberates the energy that's tied up in fear so that we can use it. So I need to
0: know, for me too, but I think a lot of people would love some tools on or some insight on how to, when faced with fear, when faced with loss of anything, um, how do you how does that not um, turn into a ball of giant fear and consume you alive?
2: Yes, yes. Uh, <clears throat> well, first I want to let everybody know that we have dozens of um, free resources on our one of our websites. We have Hendrix.com, but we also have the Foundation for Conscious Living. And we've created over the last two years, very timely, we've created one track is called Unlocking the Fear Code and Accessing Essence Power. And I can say more about that because we have body intelligence tools, including fear melters, to assist you to befriend fear so that you're not caught in fear. You can make choices, you can connect. And we also have free videos about coming home to yourself, restoring resourcefulness, and creating caring community. So there there are an abundance of resources um, for viewers. And I'd love for you to go there and track around and uh, let yourself sample some of the things that are available. But at a very fundamental level, when you're in fear, you're not going to be breathing fully and you're not going to be moving freely. So breathing gets caught, and movement gets caught, and then from there you get separate from yourself, and you get separate from others, and then that makes the fear escalate even more. So what I invented, um, what I call fear melters, are very simple movements that shift you from fear to here so it's kind of a doorway where you can go from the fear cave out into open space where you can actually make cho- choices so they're not a panacea but they are a reliable shift move so that you can begin to feel your own ability to respond rather than just react from fear and so um, if you'd like I can show you how to do those they're also um, on video but I can show you very very Quickly, you can try on. I'm imagining you look, um, Trevor, like you freeze when you're in fear. There are four expressions of fear. People usually are familiar with fight or flight, but they're not familiar with the other two. So there's fight and flee and freeze and faint. And I think faint is the big one that's going on right now because faint is when you feel like You've just sort of gone underwater and uh, you get kind of confused and your energy just drains and you feel overwhelmed. And I think many people are feeling really overwhelmed right now. Yeah. So the, the fear melters literally unfreeze you and thaw you out so that you can find yourself and go, oh, here I am. You can feel the safety of being present with yourself. So fight, flight, flee, and faint? And so fight, flee, freeze, and faint. Freeze. Okay. So I'll just do them with you quickly so you can try them out and other people can try them out. So fight is what we often confuse with anger. Fight is that, you know, where you, you know, and I'm imagining that was part of what goes on for you uh, as well, as that fight, you know, I can handle it, mm-hmm. you know, I got it but it is a a kind of, "Mm," you got your chin out. Now the fear melter is what I call oozing. So if you try that out, you'll notice that you cannot fight when you're oozing. Oozing is like experiencing yourself as seaweed and water or hot fudge over ice cream. And what I notice is that, know that "Mm," that we get in our upper bodies begins to dissolve And I'm able to notice what's going on in me and what's going on around me. So that's fight and ooze. And then flee is the whole, you know, I'm out of here, move. But most people don't just run, you know, like running away from the tiger because we we can't do that as much as we used to be able to in the old days. But people can leave while still being here. Like you can do it by just moving your shoulder back or moving back yourself or letting your eyes glaze over where you're kind of parked, but you're not actually there. So you can also, a lot of what's been going on recently is that people flee up. They flee up into their heads and start Mm -hmm. to analyze and flee away from their bodies and their feelings. Mm -hmm. So fleeing up well, and also fleeing forward. So what if this pandemic never ends? You know, we create that kind of flee both going up and going forward, as well as, I'm out of here. And the, the, um, <clears throat> the fear melter for flee is something we call sumo. And w- you can experience that even seated by feeling your feet, just literally feeling your feet, feeling your feet touching the ground. When people are doing a full-on sumo, I'll just stand up and show it to you for a moment. So excellent. the full-on sumo is letting yourself get your legs wide, getting down so that you can feel yourself in your pelvis, and you feel, ah, oh, I'm here. And that also creates a sense of safety. Now, the one that I was seeing in you, which is very common for people, is the freeze. So you can go into a full-on, <gasps> You know, like the old movie Home Alone, that kind of. But you can also just have a little startle where your body goes just a little freeze. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very, very common right now that people are a lot in freeze. And what I suggest, because even if you're frozen, what people will often say is, well, just relax. It's nothing to be scared of. Just relax. And that usually doesn't work very well. Makes people want to punch you. But you can, even if you're frozen, you can wiggle your fingers and toes. And when you begin to wiggle, you can let that wiggling begin to move through you until you've wiggled yourself. It's like falling out a popsicle. You wiggle yourself free of that. And I like to wiggle enough that I can actually, you can probably hear it in my voice my, when your voice gets wiggly. There's also a mini Uh, uh, wiggle that I really love and I call it face flapping. So if you put your head forward a little bit and you just go, you're really, uh, it's so refreshing for the tension that we hold in our jaws and in our face. So, so that's freeze and wiggle and then faint that sense of getting confused or you know having your words disappear just feeling kind of foggy that people don't recognize is a faint and a faint happens when we don't feel that we have any choice where we're backed into a corner things just feel overwhelming and so my sense is that millions of people right now are in faint Mm -hmm. they just just feel like just the onslaught of all of the the chaos and the uh you know people dying but also the there's nobody it's like mom and dad have gone AWOL there's nobody creating structure for us as a country and so people are you know what's going to happen and so the important thing about faint is that we go passive And a lot of people wonder, well, why aren't people being more active? Why aren't people fighting back? So that's what people will do is go from faint to fight. But that just keeps you in fear. And when you're in faint, what really works is to create a pool of love around you and to reach out into that and to bring some love in and give it to yourself to give yourself, ah, oh, really feeling that, loving yourself, being with yourself. And I also wanted to let you know that during the pandemic, for the last several weeks now, I've been leading uh, a 15-minute uh, love live love scoops uh, that people can sign up for. If they go to the foundation, it's totally free, but you can sign up so you get the Zoom link we do it on Zoom and we have people from all over the world who's par- participating in this. And what we do is share, exchanging, giving presence to each other, noticing each other, noticing ourselves and doing love scoops. And it is absolutely delicious. And when I finish, I feel more connected with myself, more connected with others. And so when you are have moved from fear to here you have choice. You can build choice. So it's not just fear melters, but it's really what I call fear melters plus. So after you've done fear melters, uh, you can take three relaxed breaths. Ah, oh, so you begin to anchor that in your body, you do fear melters, and then you take a walk in a pace that, that you can recognize yourself and be aware of what's going on around you. You can uh, do fear melters and then do what I call a pattern interrupt. Don't do the same old thing, do something different. So if you always get up and then sit down at your computer, get up and put on music and let yourself dance to music. So the, the, the balance between structure for safety And interrupting patterns so that you're not getting caught in a reactive loop. That's part of what each of us can create every day. But I have found, and we've shared this with thousands of people now, that fear melters give you an opening. An opening to feel your resourcefulness and to be able to build on that. And you'll always, you can always, I blend fear melters into everything. So I say, when in doubt about something, do fear melters. Like if you have a big decision you're needing to make, do fear melters before you make that decision. So you're not making it from your fear head, but you're doing whole body thinking. Um, That's kind of like Robbie's
0: version of uh, measure twice, cut once. Yes. Which he says to me all the time, because I tend to be a little impulsive when I'm coming from a place of fear. She cuts yes. first and then measures. Uh, and I have to. And it forces me to slow down. I, I, by the way, I just want to tell you when you said, uh, "Bring love yourself." Bring in the feel the love you, around you. Bringing the love. I, I. took. I found myself taking a deep breath. I just. Just auto, autonomously. Yes. <laughs> uh, whatever. When un, unconsciously it went. I felt very good. It felt very Wonderful. good to sort of feel the love around you and and love yourself because I think um, fear also brings up a lot of self hatred and loathing. Makes you well, feel very close. Yeah, it makes you feel like you're not strong and you're weak and you're, you know, it makes you beat yourself,
2: yeah.
0: which isn't, this is not the time to do that.
2: Well, see, I think that. That the whole, you learned how to be strong because you had to. And that strong uh, and weak, neither of those are really inherent to uh, who we are. We're just simply being here and responding. But when we learn how to be strong, that's generally to cover up something that we're really scared of. I'm scared I'm going to lose connection. I'm scared that uh, I'm going to be all by myself and nobody's going to help me. Mm-hmm. But when we have moved from fear to here, we can ask for support. We can say, oh, I've been feeling like I don't know what to do right now. And I feel scared about that. And when other people hear you, you feel that connection and you can become resourceful. I wanna favor resourcefulness rather than strength because strength, like if you're moving, you know, if you're wanting to pick up a baby, you wanna be capable, but you don't wanna pick them up strongly. You wanna pick them up sensitively. (laughs) So we wanna have access. I want people to have access to the whole continuum, you know, of sensitive and strong but being flexible so that you can meet life with all of you rather than just with like chopsticks that you learned when you were 5.
1: I have a question Katie. So yeah. when I witness some of these things possibly in Trevor or her and me, how what's the best way for a partner to react uh-huh. when I see fight or I see fear or I I I want to help her or is there a safe word we should have in that regard or?
2: Words are not going to be helpful. So when I'm, see, remember if I'm scared, you're scared, you can't really think. So um, one of our discussions that we have on the foundation website is why you can't talk anybody, including yourself out of being scared. You can never talk somebody out of being scared, but what you can do, what I can do if I see that someone else is scared I can presence myself so I can do little internal wiggles. I can do uh, my own melting and I can give my attention. I can listen. I can hear what you're saying. I can reflect what I'm seeing from what you're saying. But if I become present, I've moved out of fear, then somebody else can osmos with me so I become the bigger space that other people can, just like you were taking a breath, Trevor when we were doing the fear melters. If you're presencing yourself, it makes it available for others because presence is as contagious as fear. So if I'm presencing, then I'm able to, I can feel that you're in fear, but you're also You have much more going on than just the fear and you begin to get access to it
1: but what happens if uh, because i actually feel as if i practice a certain amount of that already if confronted with some things and if that doesn't work if the osmosis is not getting across to her uh, what is the next step so i can get her to see herself and melt that fear
2: <laughs> right so now we're getting into the underlying relationship issue which is con- trying to control your partner mm. so one of the things that i learned <laughs> bingo where's the game Where's the, the sound and i've been together for 40 years now correct and sure that was great go ahead
0: no you hit it nail on head very good control your partner yep
2: continue and it's a it is one of the dynamics that really needs to be explored in every relationship is that um, if i i learned about 25 years ago that there was no aspect of gay that i actually had any control over so he didn't he belonged in that big file called things i cannot change or control so the small file is saying what's true. I feel scared that I'm not going to be able to help you. I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing that urge to tell you what to do. Um, I'm making up a story. One thing that we recommend for people its very helpful is that you identify what's going on in your mind rather than assuming that the other can read your mind. So I'm making up a story that you need help, but you're not letting me help you. And you identify it as my story. Because that whole getting over into the other person's business is one of the most popular things to do in relationships. It goes on a lot. But what it prevents is any creativity, any uh, agency of you're really saying, I'm here with you. And what are you discovering? What is it that you want to learn? What's going on for you? And how can I be with you in that? Which is very different than, I got to get you out of this mood that you're in right now, or I got to make you feel better. But it's a profound learning. And we see people go through the lessons of it, you know, very regularly, you know, many, many times a day. But it really has to do with I have no control over you. And when you don't control your other people, just imagine what you can do with all that free energy. All of, you can appreciate your partner. You can share your own feelings. You can put your intention into a creative project that you're working on. So if you're not monitoring your partner, you liberate a huge amount of energy.
0: How do you take that energy that's just been liberated and not feel frustrated that you can't affect change or that you can't help, or you know, can't, how do you? Because uh, I know Robbie's a, an extremely solutions-oriented person, yes. And I appreciate that in him. Thank because, goodness we have those people. Because <laughs> I sometimes lose my, you know, sort of the, the path, and he keeps me on it. We our systems are different. We yes. definitely have we're wired differently. I, I must say that you know at least a few times a month we're wired differently we have d- different approaches to, yes. to to you know to conflict management or to our solutions um, and I don't want him to feel like uh, that he's not doing the job just because
2: <laughs> well you know see that's another I, thing that you have no control over so you' you don't want him to feel so you have no control over his feelings. His feelings are his feelings. So, you know, this is, you've landed on, I think, which is really the crux of relationship issues for so many people, is we get over into other people's business. So we've learned that people get into relationship, a huge amount of what we're here to do is to learn from the people we choose to get in relationship with. But then when the learning arises, we go, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. You know, you're not operating the way I think you should be. But the big shift that Gay and I made that has made all the difference is that we use every relationship interaction as an opportunity to learn. You're wired up differently, and thank goodness, so you can... You know, if you were both the same, there wouldn't be this opportunity to expand your own repertoire. So Gay and I, uh, you know, I'm, as you can probably imagine, I'm a great feeler. And Gay is an extraordinary visionary and thinker. And when we first got together, we were like on different planets, because I could feel what he was talking about but he would think about what I was expressing rather than feeling what what I was expressing. So making the choice and making the commitment to learn from each other has really opened up our relationship to be a path of discovery rather than a control battle. So we, um, from Gay, I've really learned how to speak about my experience. Because I had all this internal experience, but when I first met Gay, I couldn't really articulate it. And I learned from really studying how he could take something and make a topic sentence and then expand it and then summarize it. I began to learn how to express what was going on inside. And Gay has learned from me a whole new avenue of inspiration, which is what's going on in this vast interior frontier rather than just what's going on up here. So they're, they're tremendous, and I think lifelong benefits from seeing your partner as a partner and as a learning ally rather than as your, the battle of who's going to be in charge. And when you're battling, what you get is drama. And that drama, that adrenaline, that ha-ha-ha and being right, is what most people mistake for actual passion and interaction, but when you when you are authentic and you're both taking responsibility and you're both appreciating, you liberate creativity and you liberate co-creativity and Gain, I actually think that creativity is the only force in the universe that's more powerful than adrenaline, because mm. right now we're running, everybody's running on adrenaline, And so that's why we use the fear melters as well.
0: I'd say that all the time. I feel like I've been on adrenaline autopilot, and it's It's exhausting. It's so exhausting, and
2: it's going to take a minute to wind down. Well, and it it does, but because most people are using adrenaline as their fuel, they escalate. Yeah, because adrenaline is not renewable. Yeah. See, creativity is renewable. That act of letting something move through you and come into being, that is renewable. And you can grow your ability to create, to co-create, to be a source of creativity for others. But adrenaline simply drains the reservoir. Yeah.
0: I I would also, just from personal experience, um, say that adrenaline keeps you from feeling your deeper stuff.
2: Absolutely, if it keeps you're, you up, up, it keeps here. You
0: up here, and yeah. it and it doesn't allow you to connect with really what might be going on. You know, it 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 yeah. um, prevents you from facing your fear. It's like your body's you know coping mechanism. I get it. I'm I'm in it right now. But um, I'm looking forward actually to the adrenaline levels lowering so that I can get more peace with what is what my feelings are and feel it as opposed to keeping it away. And maybe this is my body's response to protecting. This is self-preservation for me so that I'm not devastated. I don't know. I, this is what I mean by i all over you the aren't place. You are going to know
2: because you're right in the middle of grieving. Right. There's no way to know. And that's that was a little flee up that you just did. So you fleed up into trying to analyze what was going on with you. So that that lets me know and can let you know that you're 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 trying to operate from within fear. So one one thing for everybody to know is that it takes two minutes of fear melters to change your physiology. Yeah. So one thing I recommend for you is several times a day just put on a song that you really like and let yourself do fear melters for 2 to 3 minutes. Okay. And you'll feel it, the reset. Yeah. Where you're you've turned uh adrenaline into aliveness and you're filling your inner reservoir with resourcefulness rather than that adrenaline reactivity.
0: Yeah. It's um anxiety is not healthy.
2: It's not productive. Well, anxiety, uh, that's what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah. And no matter how much you say, well, you know, this shouldn't be going on right now, or we you know, that doesn't work. You can't talk yourself out of it. But you can, by simply moving and breathing, you can restore your presence. And your presence then gives you an opening. Ah. <sighs> right. The breath to work feel connection um, and to do something. The breath more. work
0: is really. I do a lot of breath work and um, uh, I incorporate it into my meditation. Great. And oh my gosh, just taking deep, huge, deep breaths from the, from the belly on up to the top of the lungs is like so restorative, and it's almost exactly. like it's almost like a little anti anxiety drug. Like just you give yourself. It, Robbie, it is. There's probably there's science behind that. Yeah, I'm I. I depend on it and when that's what I said I felt myself taking a deep breath when you said self love see I did it again okay
1: (sighs) Katie we have to wrap up our show but boy this has been so wonderful and uh, restorative for both of us I think tell us how we can find you online
2: well thank you and thank you so much for sharing yourself authentically I think it's of tremendous value for people to know that in the midst of all of this, we can be with what is actually happening. and We don't have to try to pull ourselves together. So we have two websites and a Facebook page. We have uh, Hendrix.com, which is H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S, and we have our relationship work primarily on Hendrix.com. We also have uh, our nonprofit uh, is the Foundation for Conscious Living. And that's where we have dozens of videos and ways to support yourself in all of this anxiety that's going on right now. Uh, So I recommend both of those. We also have a Facebook page uh, called um, Hearts in True Harmony. So if you go to Facebook, you can also get to it through, just type in Gay and Katie Hendricks and you'll come to it. And we have relationship tips every day, ways for you to connect with yourself and your partner. Um, and also relationship uh, videos that uh, that you can get. So we've we've been around for a long time. We have a large body of work, and we're doing our best to make it available to people so that everyone can use it during this challenging time. Great. Thank, Thank you. you.
1: Our best to Gay and yourself, of course. And uh, we love having you. Yes. Especially right now.
0: Thank you so much. Look, look forward to having this you both on
1: again. And, um,
0: and where can people find us?
1: They can find us at DunbeingSingle dot com and donebeingsingle on Facebook and Twitter.
0: Okay, and social media, we are at uh, donebeingsingle pretty much everywhere.
1: And you can write us at treva and robbie at DunbeingSingle dot com.
0: And I want to thank you, Lovey. Um, any any minute I can to thank you for your support and love. Um, you've been instrumental in continuing to help me get through this time. I'm
1: happy to be here for you.
0: Thank you. I would also just like to say to everybody, uh, you said something about feeling your feet. Katie's right. I once had a coach. I don't remember where. Tennis, volleyball, track. Some, a coach said to me, because I would get like up here. I would be so nervous and um, just have all of this fear and anxiety. And he said, feel your feet. Bring the energy down. Bring it down. Feel your feet. And it does work. So, yes, thank you for for reminding me to do
1: that.
2: Well, many blessings to you, and thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Thank you.
2: Stay safe, healthy, and we'll see you soon.
0: I'm Shadow Stevens with my
1: friends Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being
0: Single.